Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. As we continue this morning, we continue in Hebrews, Hebrews 9, 928. And so I just want to read as we close last week with the scripture, Hebrews 9, 28, which says these words. This is from the New International Version. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So a couple of things popped out, jumped out to me as I read this, as I was preparing, as I was closing last week. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. He died to take the sins of all, to take everyone's sins, because he desires that no one would perish. But as scripture reveals, as Thomas is not doubter, but he's more of a realist, as Thomas needed to see the scar prints in Jesus' hands, as Thomas needed to see and witness for himself, the Bible is clear that even though salvation is for everyone, you are not too far away from God that he will not forgive you. You have not committed such devious sin that God will not heal you, that God will not lift you up, that God will not restore you, but the reality is that there will only be some that accept his forgiveness. That is why it says, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. He was sacrificed to take away the sins of all, but only some will receive that. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Salvation, I thought we already have eternal life as Christians. And yes, you do. But this is the, this is the, um, reality that when Jesus comes back, we get to experience it in all of its fullness, in all of its glory, in all of its own self. We get to experience that salvation that God has given to us, that God has provided for us. And so we move on to Hebrews 10, 1. The law is only a shadow of good things that are coming, only a shadow of good things that are coming. Well, what does that mean? Why do I care? Only a shadow. Well, the law is only a shadow of good things that are coming. Sometimes I feel that I or Christians or some believe that these good things are good enough. The enemy of great is good. We think that we are doing the right thing, that we're experiencing life to its full, that we are obeying what God has for us. And so a passage that I've read frequently of late also speaks of a shadow, and that is Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your comfort, they, your rod and their, your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That valley is a shadow that isn't death. And as we witness those that have passed, we understand the mourning, the sorrow, the grief. We understand the loss, but it is not our own life that is lost. The shadow of good things that are coming is what we've been able to accomplish, what those high priests were able to accomplish in the Old Testament as they performed duties that gave forgiveness, that was ritual, that gave meaning. 
but there is something greater that God talks about. We go on, for this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. It's only a shadow of the great that's about to come, the great that Jesus accomplished in himself. You might be wondering, Jeff, this makes no sense. I am new to church. I'm watching online. If you ask me, I would tell you to your face, no, but I am trying to find comfort in this life that is divided, that is fragmented. While I want to read the scripture and pray the Holy Spirit explains it much better than I, the law is only a shadow of good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeatedly, endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. I'm reminded of church camp. I was able to interview a good friend, Dave Mason. You can check out that interview on our podcast, Living Hope Wesley and Dave Mason. He's a director of a camp, Silver Lake Wesleyan Camp in Ontario. But reminded of church camp, how you would go and each year you would repent. Each year you would repent and you would say, hey, I'm not Catholic. I don't have to go to confession, but there's something about being in a different location, in a different place, in a different space where God can reveal to you some things that he's been trying to reveal to us. But we are so caught up in our routine that we don't hear that still quiet, bold voice of Jesus. And so Jesus is telling year after year, you don't have to provide these rituals, make these sacrifices. You can live now in that freedom that I have for you. You can know that we draw near to worship, draw near to worship. And some of us are still caught up on draw near to worship. What does that mean? What does that mean I have to do? Well, in 1 Samuel 15, 22, this is the prophet Samuel speaking. And he says, but Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much in obeying the Lord? The obey, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams to obey. And the fat of rams is referring to sacrifices. To obey is better than sacrifice. Jesus is simply saying that we need to obey him. We need to obey and know his truth. It's not, what can I give up? What can I do? What can I grip my teeth and bear? How can I pull myself up by my bootstraps? It is saying we need to obey Jesus. Hebrews 10.1, we repeat this over and over. Tonight at 4 p.m., our in-person gathering at 4940 Waterbury Still Road, Waterbury Center, 05677. We're going to probably have this verse memorized by the end because we refer to it so much. To make perfect those who draw near to worship. We're talking about worship as ministry service to God. We draw near to God so that he can use us for his purpose. It's not we draw near to him so that we can gain something for ourselves because as Christians, we've already gained all that he has for us. We just grow now in what he's called us to, called us into worship, ministry, service to God. That's what we, we desire. That's what we want. In John 15, 1 through 5, we read why. I am the true vine and my father is a gardener. Yes, we went through this two weeks ago, but in case you forgot, in case we neglect to ruminate, to meditate, to 
like a chow chewing its cud, go over and read over and learn to apply and adapt to our own lives. The truth of scripture we read again, I, Jesus is saying, am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You can say, hey, I'm doing what's right. And Jesus is saying, this is awesome. I love you. But just think if you give more of yourself to me, my whole my goodness, my richness, my righteousness, then you could be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Remain in Jesus. Jesus goes on to say, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is a reminder that Jesus is saying we can rest in him. We can find our Sabbath in him. And Sabbath is more than just one day in Jesus. It's more than one day of rest without TV, as I was not allowed to watch TV on Sundays because that is how our parents displayed it in a practical way. We can rest in Jesus Monday through Sunday, Sunday through Saturday. We can find and rest in Jesus because we do not have to fight and struggle anymore because we worship him. Because of his sacrifice once and for all of what Jesus has done, his holiness. His holiness is not for us to be perfect as in without sin, his holiness is that we can rest in his goodness. And as he reveals our sin, there is no condemnation, but there is a responsibility that as he reveals, we can walk in step with him. Let's go on to Hebrews 10.2. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered that's the sacrifices for the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all. and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. No longer felt guilty for their sins. That's a hope that we have in Jesus. In Hebrews 10.3, it goes on to say, but those sacrifices are an annual reminder for sins. And there is a time where we need to remember what God has cleansed us from. If not, we get so cocky and arrogant that we get on our white horse that we neglect to Think about, we too were sinners that Jesus has forgiven, that our sin was just as bad as someone else's, and we can find hope in who Jesus is. So take that time to be reminded of what you've been forgiven of, not be reminded of the sins that you enjoyed, and oh, they were so much fun if I could go back to that day, but a reminder of God's grace that took away those sins. Hebrews 10, 4. It is impossible for blood and bulls and goats to take away sins. How ridiculous is it to think that Jesus would need us to go back to how we ask for forgiveness. But his sacrifice was so much more. So much more so we could find hope in the truth of God. This part of Hebrews 10, 5, and 6 is taken directly from Psalm 46 through 8. So we'll read Hebrews. 
Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings. You were not pleased. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, Here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. The fulfillment of the law. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law, with the law, with the law. With those things we think we need to do to make God proud of us. And all we need to do is submit and say, Jesus, here I am. Here I am. Forgive me of my sins. I choose you. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He set aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. This is from Hebrews 10, 9 and 10. Once for all, it's mentioned in verses 2 and 10, once and for all, that God accomplished what only He could accomplish for our salvation. Hebrews 10, 11, and 12, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices which could take away sins. But when the priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And so there's been a lot of scripture. Some of you might have thought this has been more of a Bible study than a sermon, more than a motivational talk, more than a whatever. My friend that I spoke of before, Dave Mason, he shared that when he was going to camp as a senior high student, he had drugs with him and he thought that was going to be a great camp. But there's a speaker that was struggling with his identity that shared of that struggle and said that whatever it meant for him, whether it meant to remain single, to remain celibate, to remain whatever it meant that he was going to obey God. So my friend Dave said those drugs that he had brought to camp, that he was planning on making camp so much fun in his mind and sin is fun for a season, but then there are the consequences of sin. He said, okay, God, this man that is sharing that he is ready to give up whatever for you, I choose to give up this for you. And so he gave up those drugs and he said, because I gave up those drugs and God helped me to do that, then maybe I will choose now to receive God's salvation, which he did. And Jesus forgave him and Jesus cleansed him as he has us. And then he goes on to share that he wanted to go to college. He went to, wanted to go to a Christian college, but they didn't have the money for it. They couldn't afford it. But he had an uncle, an uncle who had won the lottery some time ago in the past. And the lottery, he just said, you know, we've never asked anything of my uncle. And so his dad approached his brother, Dave's uncle, and said, 
could we take out a loan from your winnings and we'll pay you back with interest? And so Dave went on to say all the things that they tell you not to do, not to become when you are a Christian. Those are the things that help me get closer to God. And I am not saying that you need to live in a different lifestyle so you can understand God's greatness. I'm not saying you need to uh, do drugs so you can receive all of God's grace. I'm not saying that you need to gamble and play the lottery so that you might be able to bless and help somebody. But I am saying that in all things, God works out the good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose, that God has a plan, not that we would sacrifice but that we would just simply walk in obedience. And as we walk in obedience, God will reveal to us some phenomenal, miraculous things that we can say. And since that time, Jesus waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. Jesus is waiting with his feet up. Jesus is saying, I've accomplished it all. You can come at me and know that I have already gained the victory. That you as a person, that perhaps, hopefully you as a Christian, perhaps maybe you as somebody that's trying to live like Jesus, that wants to learn more about Jesus, you can say, whatever comes my way, I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to come up with a strategy or a methodology. I could just say, Jesus, I choose to remain in you. And if you have your feet up waiting for your enemies to come, you don't have a watchman on the tower. You don't have somebody, a sniper out to get them before they come to you. You are at rest and at peace. I choose to be at rest and peace with you. And whatever course of action you've chosen for me, I choose to give back to you. Whatever course of action I've taken that's gone against you, I choose your forgiveness. I choose your help, your salvation, your freedom and your healing. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Being made holy. Being made holy. Being made holy simply means sanctified, set apart. Being made holy, well, First Peter 1 through 3 says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect exile scattered throughout the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And that's us, scattered, exile, scattered. But we continue to read, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy has given us new birth into the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then we go on. Because of those things, we can read with great boldness. We can say of ourselves, this is what God calls us. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are loved. You belong. You are loved and you belong in God's family, the family of God, the body of Christ. And 
That simply means just confess your need for him. Confess that without him you are lost. And as we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that he is Lord, he makes us new. We fulfill the purpose of why we were created. In Hebrews 10, 15 through 17, this is from Jeremiah 31, 33 through 34, it should say, 33 through 34. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is a covenant I will make with them after that time. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. I will remember no more. And so we go on. In Hebrews 10, 18. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Jesus has already forgiven our sin. There's no need for us to sacrifice, but there is need for us to sender, surrender. So won't you surrender to the sacrifice of Jesus, that he makes us complete, that we are holy in his sight, that we are redeemed and forgiven, that he is savior, he is healer, that he loves us so much that because of his sacrifice, because of Jesus' death, we can believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, and follow him in such a way that we are at peace and find rest, that we can share with others, that they would know his love and that they would make him known as he has called us as ambassadors of himself. We are his people, but made for a purpose to share that his sacrifice is enough once and for all. It is complete. And to that we say, thank you, Jesus, our Savior, and we make you our Lord. Jesus, we thank you that you love us. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the depth of your love. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.